0: Back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team, every day, listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more work by me, just follow me on Twitter, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dime on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And... I always got to say before we start any pod, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first to listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But what are we talking about on today's podcast? Well, I want to do a little piggybacking off yesterday's pod yesterday we talked about should the D-backs rebuild or retool I came up with the conclusion that they should retool and not do a full-scale Astros level rebuild and so today we're going to be looking at 12 D-backs players I think they're the 12 most Important, intriguing, swing players, however you want to define them. I picked 12 D backs players and we're going to decide if they should be part of the core or if they should see the door. It's a brand new game on the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast core or out the door. So we're looking at players and deciding if they should be a part of the future with the team or if the D backs should start looking for trades. So we got a jam packed pod, we got a fun pod. So let's jump right into it. Daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks here, and let's play a little game, core or out the door. And the first player I want to start off with is... Carson Kelly, a fan favorite. I assume he's one of my favorite players, so I hope he's one of your favorite players. And for Kelly, we're going to give him the label of Core. Maybe you guys already assumed that, but there have been articles this offseason talking about should the D backs move off of Carson Kelly and go into this full rebuild, like what we've been talking about. There's really people t- saying, <laughs> there's really people out there saying that the D backs should move off of Carson Kelly and see what kind of value they could get for him. The man is like 27 years old. That should not happen. He's arbitration eligible through 2025. And last season, in the first 20 games of the year, he had a 340 average and an OPS over 1200. Now, he cooled off over the next couple months. He had a good August before getting cold again. Not as bad, excuse me, he wasn't as bad in 2020 this past season, but he still wasn't as good as he was in 2019. If you look at his month-by-month month splits in 2019, he was pretty consistent across the board in 2019. I hope that's not the peak of Carson Kelly. I think he showed some flashes this past season that, could, that, sh- that, that told us he could get back to the level he was in. At in 2019, but like I've been saying a lot on this Diamondbacks podcast, the D backs developmental system scares me a lot. A lot of their players seem to go backwards the more time they spend in a D backs uniform. So I hope that's not the case with a Carson Kelly. His biggest strength back in 2019 was what he did in the clutch, he was super. Good for this D team with runners and scoring position and high leverage moments. He absolutely dominated those situations. So I'm hoping Kelly could get that consistency back, that clutchness back, and get back to those 2019 levels. And I, just because he's 27, because he's arbitration eligible and he's still improving, he's definitely a core guy and not someone that should see the door. Next up is someone that might seem obvious, but again, one of those guys that gets brought up a lot in trade rumors, the headliner of most trade rumors, which is Ketel Marte. You guys already know how I feel. Ketel Marte is a core guy, no doubt about it. Slashline the last two years, if we don't count the 2020 season, which I don't like to do, he's basically a 320 average guy with 950 OPS. His home run rate was 3.7%, which is not as high as the 5.1% in 2019, but it was still the second best mark of his career. Like, the power, the hard contact, all that was still there for Ketel Marte. Actually, a lot of his hard contact rate numbers, like hard hit percentage and exit velocity, were actually better this past season than what they were in 2019, which is crazy to think about because, once again, he finished 4th in MVP voting in 2019. Like, you can't say that enough. He was by far one of the best players in baseball and arguably the best second base best second baseman in baseball during that time as well. Under contract through 2024, never making more than 10 million a year during that time, Ketel Marte has to be considered a core guy. Like, he's young too. He's like 27, 28 years old. He's one of the best players in baseball. He's someone that you have to build around. If Ketel Marte was like 31, 32 with like a year left on his contract, I would feel differently, but You could turn this thing around in three years, and he's still 30 years old, and you still get another five to eight years of Ketel Marte's prime. So I'm in no rush to move off of Ketel Marte. Next up, I got Christian Walker. And unfortunately for Christian Walker, I'm going to give him the door label. Not the core, but the door because he's turning 31. But he is arbitration eligible, which seems kind of... Weird for a guy over the age of 30, but he just started arbitration because it wasn't like he was playing a lot in the big leagues before getting to Arizona. It was always behind some first baseman like a Chris Davis in Baltimore. It was always behind somebody, always a logjam at whatever position uh, he played, which was first base. So he finally got his opportunity with Arizona, and now he's arbitration eligible for the next few years. So he could be a cheap option for a contender who's looking for a first baseman 2019 might have been his peak it's by far the outlier when you look at his baseball reference 2019 is by far the outlier in his career his hard contact numbers have been falling off or not not falling off but they've been in a decline the last couple years in 2019 he had a hard hit percentage above 50 2020 it was still pretty close to that it was like around 48 percent, but if dipped it, it did mightily in 2021, and some of that is because he dealt with a lot of injuries this past season. He dealt with a lot of upper body injuries, oblique injuries, injuries where you have to turn your body. And when you're a baseball player, and it's tough for you to, and it's tough for you to turn your body, uh, you're not gonna generate a lot of power. He wasn't able to get that torque in his swing, so I get why some of the hard contact numbers fell for Christian Walker, but it does make me think. Is he in the decline? Because the hard contact rate numbers were still pretty similar in 2020, but he definitely didn't have the -the over-the-fence power like he had in 2019. So he is someone that I think could be in store for a bounce-back season in 2022. But either way, if the Universal DH comes back to the National League, I think I would rather see that playing time go to Seth Beer as opposed to a Christian Walker, even though Seth Beer might not be ready defensively. Then the last guy I want to talk about during segment number one is a Josh Rojas, who I consider a core guy. Now, I'm not sold on Josh Rojas just yet being an everyday, highly productive Major League player. I do like the progress I've seen from him so far during his time in Arizona. He's one of the cases of a a guy actually progressing in a D-backs uniform. They're very rare, but Josh Rojas is a guy currently that seems to be getting better in Arizona, which I don't normally say. Uh, I would like to see him continue to develop mostly in right field because for some reason, if you look at Josh Rojas' splits, He was a different player when he played in right field. He had an OPS above 1,000 in just 35 games in right field. His OPS when he played any other position didn't sniff that, so it makes you wonder. His numbers were also very good when he was at the top of the batting order, either, either batting first or batting second. When he was in those first two slots, his average was around 270 with 760 OPS. Nothing elite, but Pretty good with room to grow. So I would like to see him more as a top of the order right fielder going forward. Or maybe even a third baseman because his splits were pretty good when he played third base as well offensively. Whenever he played up the middle, his offensive numbers just fell off a cliff. So I don't know why sometimes it's a mentality thing sometimes it's to wear and tear when you're playing those positions defensively but I would like to see him mostly as a right fielder maybe platooning as a third baseman as well and then I want to see him more as a top of the order guy for the Arizona Diamondbacks now we'll get into some more players whether they're part of the core or they or whether they should see the door not specifically in 2022 but in the near future and before we get to those players, though, I first want to tell you about a sponsor for this pod, which is Built Bar, because it's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're both soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, but they're also high protein and high fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Just go to their website, which is built.com, and use promo code LOCK15 if you want to get 15% off your first. Order promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, all right, all right, let's get back into the pod and let's continue the game core or out the door. And the next player up I want to talk about is unfortunately Nick Ahmed. Excuse me, one second. Again, y'all, I'm still dealing with a little bit of a cold. I had a cough right there. But actually, I tested negative for COVID. I got the results last night. So thank you, uh, God, or whoever's looking above me for not testing positive for COVID. But let's move on. Enough about me. I want to talk about Nick Ahmed because... This is someone under contract through 2023, making around $9 million a year. And I think Nick Ahmed is just someone that's better suited for a contender, looking for a defensive shortstop, which is a, a pretty, not a rare commodity to find. But I think it is a commodity that teams will need closer to postseason time because there will always be a team that's like, uh. This position in my infield is just kind of weak. Normally shortstop. Shortstop is just one of the most important defensive positions in baseball. So if you have an elite defensive shortstop, that's really important for your team. And Dick Ahmed can be someone that could be a platoon guy for another team that's looking for defensive shortstop. Because I just don't think the D-backs have enough firepower to sustain a Nick Ahmed who has an OPS of 619 that's what he did last year like the D-backs offense is not good enough now if the D-backs were like the Red Sox the Yankees the Dodgers where you have boppers up and down your lineup and you could uh, afford a defensive wizard that's not really uh, a defensive wizard that is an offensive liability if you're one of those three teams then you can afford a Nick Ahmed but when you're a D-backs team that's at the bottom of almost every offensive category. I don't think you could trade defense for offense. So I think you'd be better suited on a contender. His hard contact rate numbers have fallen off a cliff last year. He's terrible in big moments as well. He had a 557 OPS in high leverage moments last season, 455 OPS inning seven through nine. So he didn't come through for you late in games. Nick Ahmed, you've been here for a long time, but buddy, you're gonna have to see the door. Next up, I got Paven Smith and This might be one that surprises you, but I have door written down for Pavin Smith because listen, listen, listen. I love Pavin. He's a friend of the pod. He's the first player I had on the podcast, but I just don't know how he fits on this team going forward. He would greatly need to improve defensively as a corner outfielder or first baseman. His negative 1.8 defensive war was one of the worst in baseball last season, and his offensive game just isn't dynamic enough either. He's good. He does a good job at not striking out and making good contact. He makes great contact overall. One of the best D-backs players at just making contact, but... He's basically a single hitter. Like, he's just a dude smacking singles to the left side, the right side. He's not really doing much more for you outside that. Needs to at least increase that gap power to add a div- a, a different dimension to his game. Get some extra doubles. Or at least become a walking monster. Get that OBP around 380. I can see the D-backs moving on from him in a couple years after trying to after trying make it work a little bit longer. I don't think they're moving off of Payton Smith, you know, right next season at the deadline. But... I could see another season, another two seasons and they're like, "Uh, eh, Paven Smith, it's just not working out for you here." So, Paven Smith, you're not part of the core unfortunately, even though you're pretty young, even, you, even though you were the 2017 first round pick, Paven Smith, I don't see you as a long-term option in a D-backs uniform unfortunately, so you're going to have to see the door. Next up, I got David Peralta and for him, I put door down, which might be surprising for someone who's freight train, a fan favorite, someone you might not want to get rid of, but he's a very good defensive player. He's a great clubhouse guy, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's... Uh, He's just another one of those guys who I think would probably be better suited on a contender than a guy that is good for this D-backs team. Like, if I'm trying to retool this D-backs team, David Peralta is on the last year of his contract. And I think a contender could definitely want him because he is coming off a gold glove campaign. He just had the best walk-to-strikeout ratio of his career. And the over-the-fence power, it might not be there anymore. He's not really hitting home runs anymore, but he still got the extra base hit power. He led the NL triples last season, and his numbers go up with runners in scoring position and high leverage moments. The dude is clutch. He's one of the most clutch players on the D-backs. He's one of the only few D-backs players I trust with the bases loaded runners in scoring position men on the bases whatever the situation is I need a run to come home David Peralta is one of the main guys to do that I think he loved the D-backs with RBIs as a runners in scoring position last season so last year of his contract he's probably gonna be a guy that gets traded at the deadline like Eduardo Escobar probably won't get a great package for him but Either way, I could definitely see David Peralta having a moment or two in the postseason for a contender. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that's like, you look up and you're like, whoa, David Peralta just won championship series MVP for the San Francisco Giants? Like, that doesn't surprise me at all. So, David Peralta, I'm going to have to give you the door. Then the last one, this one's a no-brainer for this segment, but... Dalton Varshow, definitely a core guy. I just wanted an excuse to talk about him for a minute and a half, two minutes, because whatever the best version of Dalton Varsho is, the version the D-backs fans have been dreaming about, we basically got in the second half of last season because he had a 290 average with an 879 OPS last season in the second half, and he also had 10 home runs and 5 stolen bases in just 60 games In the second half of the season. Like his second half was just 60 games. So imagine if he had that second half during the 2020 season. We we would be talking about Dalton Varsho, like maybe the biggest breakout star in the NL going into next season. So he is someone that has a super high ceiling. He also flashed a lot of leather in the outfield last season. Like, do you guys remember that one? I don't even remember who it was against, but he robbed a home run at the wall last season in left field. It was another play where he had that full layout. 180 to the ground parallel to the ground diving catch in the alleys last season as well like with his athleticism it feels like dalton varsho could play virtually any position he can do for you he can do a lot for you on the base paths. he's got the power he's got the strength he can back up carson kelly dalton varsho is a full package and i'm very excited to see what he can do for the d-backs in 2022 now we got four more guys i want to talk about Before we wrap up today's pod, but first I need to tell you about BetOnline because BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the Pro Football Playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code lockdown to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. BetOnline, where the game starts. a good bet online in. so now i'm feeling good about myself i'm feeling happy so let's move on let's get back into the podcast for segment number three and continue our game of door or oh excuse me i messed up my own game core or out the door and the next guy i want to talk about is merrill kelly who is unfortunately gonna get the door label it's not because i don't love merrill kelly you guys know i'm one of the biggest merrill kelly supporters uh um I'm probably the president of his fan club at this point. I mean, who else is riding for Merrill Kelly like I do? But even with that being said, I want the D-backs to get younger without blowing it up. And Kelly is 33 years old, whose timeline feels like it doesn't quite align with the rest of the team. Kelly is better for a contender looking for a back-end starter that can eat innings and not overwork their bullpen. Kelly has been the second best pitcher on this D-backs team the last couple years, so I don't want to just give him up for anything. I'm not saying let's just throw <laughs> let's just throw him out the door. Let's do like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like what Uncle Phil always did to Jazz. Let's do that to Merrill Kelly. Let's just throw him out the door. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if the D-backs could get back a decent return for Merrill Kelly, I'm not saying the best prospect in someone else's system, but if we could get a fringe top 30 guy back in someone else's system, I would definitely take that. I would rather concede on a deal like David Peralta because I think the D-backs have such a young influx of outfielders in their farm system that I don't mind maybe settling on deal for like a David Peralta but with to Merrill Kelly I don't feel the same way about the D-backs pitchers in their farm system so I would rather try to get a good prospect back from Merrill Kelly as opposed to just giving him away so I he might be on this team. I'm kind of talking about out both sides of my mouth because I want to keep Merrill Kelly if there's not a good deal for him. But overall, I think he's more of a guy that's going to be out the door than to be a part of this core. Next up, another obvious one, and that is Zach Allen. I think maybe the most obvious on this list because Ketel Marte, a lot of people are going to talk about him and trade rumors because every lockdown host wants Ketel Marte. Uh, Carson Kelly, there's already rumors about him. Uh, I guess Dalton Varsha might be the second most obvious or arguably the most obvious but I think Zach Allen is the most obvious because he's still only 26 years old. He was he was an absolute stud before the season and all the knick-knack injuries just kind of just kind of limited Zach Allen. Like I think he will bounce back in 2022. I think it was mostly because all the weird injuries he dealt with this past season. And his strikeout percentage and his walk percentage were still right aligned with what he's done the rest of his career. So I'm not really too worried about him going forward. He did give up more hard contact in 2021. But I think under Brent Strom, the new pitching coach, who I just feel like we're putting all the eggs in the Brent Strom basket, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Brent Strom next season. I'm going to have a lot of expectations for him. But I have, uh, uh, no, I do have optimism that under Strom, Zach Allen will not just be the number one starter that we've seen, but he will emerge as a guy that we view on the same level as the Robbie Rays of the world, a Cy Young Award winner. I'm kidding a little bit there when I say Robbie Ray, but someone that we view like Garrett Cole, someone that we view, maybe not Jacob DeGrom, but an Aaron Ola or Zach Wheeler, one of those two guys, like I want Zach Allen to be viewed more like an elite level pitcher. I think a lot of people have respect for Zach Allen. I think a lot of people think he's a stud, but I don't know if people view him or have fear of a Zach Allen like they do with other number one starters. So I want Zach Allen to just come out and be absolutely dominant for the entire 22 season and just get the respect he deserves because I still think he's one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball as it currently stands. Next up, I got Madison Bumgarner written down. I think this one. I, I think we can all say this one in unison. So let's get it together. <clears throat> I think we could all say this one in unison. So let's all say it together. Three, two, one. The door. Sorry, Madison Bumgarner, but I don't think anyone wants to pay and Bumgarner. I don't think the D-backs want to pay and Bumgarner. I don't think another team wants to pay and Bumgarner. So it's going to be hard to move it. But if the D-backs are willing to kick in a little part of his money, they should get and Bumgarner off their books. He was a lot better in 2020 than what he was in 2019, but he's still not the frontline starter that the D-backs thought they were getting when they signed him in that 2019 offseason like when they gave him that five-year 85 million dollar contract for a guy on the wrong side of 30 they still felt like hey at least the front half of that contract will get a number one ace and then maybe the back half is an albatross but they were wrong the entire contract is an albatross contract there was a lot of red flags with Bumgarner before the d backs signed him and I have to admit I wanted Bumgarner. I mean, who wouldn't want, if you see the name value, Madison Bum, a Bum <clears throat> excuse me, I'm having trouble talking at the end of this podcast. Who wouldn't want Madison Bumgarner when you see the name value, when you see the three-time World Series uh, champion logo on his uniform or tattoo or whatever he has how could you not want that guy especially the fact that it would be coming from an nl west rival i wanted Bumgarner. i should have looked at the red flags more but guess what i don't get paid to make those decisions mike hazen and that front office do it was a bad move ben Kaspik of the lockdown giant said hey he would have told Mike Hazen not to sign him if he talked to him. So I got to give Mike Hazen a little crap from not talking to our Lockdown Giants host here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. So Masson Bumgarner, Albatross contract. Hopefully the D-backs could kick in a little money and move him because I want to get that deal off the books. Then the last player I want to talk about is luke weaver and for luke weaver i'm giving him the door you might have assumed i was gonna say core for luke weaver but i just have no confidence in this guy turning into the guy we envision feels like he will be another robbie ray case which is he will go somewhere else and find success And he will just be mired in mediocrity as long as he's in a D-backs uniform. I want to see him through his arbitration eligibility. So I don't want to get rid of him right away. I want to see him at least a couple more years, maybe three more years. As long as he's arbitration eligible, I want him in a D-backs uniform. But, or not but, but because. I want to say because, not but. Because they're just too much of an investment in Luke Weaver. Yes, I've been really disappointed in his development, but again, this guy was acquired in that Paul Goldschmidt trade. I am not giving up on this guy until I see him for 10 years in the D-backs uniform, and that might be uh, compounding the problem, but I really don't care. I'm not the front office. I want to see this team retool. I want to see this team get better, but if you're going to be trading star players like Paul Goldschmidt, you better... the the players get back in return they better work out for you so i'm gonna put all my eggs in the luke weaver basket and hope and and hope and pray that he turns it around even though i don't have much confidence in that i think eventually he will see the door because i think eventually we're gonna just get tired of luke weaver like we got tired of robbie ray and just be like huh this guy just isn't working out in a d-backs uniform huh And he might end up going someplace else and getting uh, a lot more success than he had here. But until that happens, we got to just keep riding it out for Luke Weaver. But I do not have any faith that he's part of the core going forward. So Luke Weaver... Maybe if you worked on more than just two pitches, maybe maybe if you fixed your body language, I would see you as a core guy. 2019 seems a long time ago at this point. I haven't loved what I saw from you in 2020, 2021. It was better. Statistically, you were kind of the best pitcher on paper, statistically. Like, literally, statistically, you had the best ERA of any rotation member. But even with that being said, I'm still not impressed with you, and I feel like your development is going backwards. So, Luke Weaver... I'm going to have to see you to the door. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Locked on Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Open to talk to Locked on Orioles host Connor Newcomb. I think he has a little fun topic, a little fun crossover for us to do tomorrow. So, come back tomorrow for that. Again, we're only three days a week now since it's the off season. So, I will see y'all tomorrow. As always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!